You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. So, Gerardo, what about like, uh, you know, maybe even because you talked about other bands that you would be brought in as a sideman. How did you value your time and your talent? And, you know, how did you negotiate that sort of thing? And, and is there even a negotiation when you get an opportunity like Spoon or they just offer you a minimum wage? You're like, yeah, that's good. I'm good. You know? <sighs> I mean, I think, I mean, that's a good question, but really for me it was just it was a very humbling experience at least in in the context of spoon just because you know we're all confident in what we do we all think oh this part is is badass and i I really love it and then we're in the studio recording and you know i have my ideas of, of what i would like to try and then you quickly find out as you know others have said like you really need to learn where your where your spot is and where, where your place is and when those times are appropriate or not. And at the end of the day, when it comes to like, you know, your contribution to a project or a song, I think for me, it's been eye-opening and, and, and really humbling in, in the sense that it's made me really think about very consciously about what I am doing, right? Like, Sometimes you just play something, you think it sounds good and you think that's going to work, but is it really doing something for the song? Is it really actually adding a unique value to the song that somebody else could not bring? And so I'm in a unique position where, you know, I play keyboards and guitar and spoon, but Brit is a fucking badass guitar player. And Alex, who's the keyboard player, quote unquote, he's a badass guitar player too. And he's an amazing keyboard player you know so it's it's really learning when when you hear something you really think it's gonna add value just speaking up or otherwise just knowing when to you know when to step back and just sometimes sometimes you like at least in in my experience when we've been recording sometimes some people are just not even on the song at all because whatever was tried just didn't didn't fit you know and and you have to be okay with that. And it's kind of a tough pill to swallow sometimes from an ego perspective. I bet. Dan, uh, like being in bands for eight, nine years, you must be okay to hang out with. <laughs> but uh, how? Wh- what is that uh, balance between being the guy that people want to perform with versus people uh, being the guy that people just want to hang out with, especially in a studio or a intense yeah. tour situation? Interesting. Like I'm, I'm sitting here listening to all these responses, and the word "side man" is turning into "sidekick" in my head. Because I'm, I, I like in, in hearing these stories, I'm feeling like I've, I've been in situations where like. I become the replacement for the lead guitar player and that guy was also the main writer. And it's happened in both bands that I've been in that were that I was asked to join. 
So it turned into situations where I was kind of immediately given the responsibility of like, hey, we, we kind of need to rely on you. Let's write some riffs. Like for instance, Spencer's been coming over to this studio like three days a week for us to record new stuff. Um, and it's a situation where like I'm tasked and I have Joe, our, our piano player, who's our bass player and, and piano, he's unbelievable musician. So we're tasked with translating all of Spencer's like wild outlandish ideas that are not necessarily delivered the way that a musician would deliver an idea. So we're, we're left to like translate words to figure out what he means. Like this adjective must mean like this EQ or like he wants a riff like this. So a lot of times um, for me, the side man thing is as far as just coming in and being like the role that's needed, I feel like I'm oftentimes put in a situation where there's like a responsibility put on me that by living up to it, I think that allows a trust to be kind of birthed that allows me to be the guy you want to hang out with and the guy you want on the bus and the guy you want on the stage because you can rely on me, you could have fun. Um, but I really think it comes down to the fact that like showing up doing the work and, and, and being there to see it through, I think is really what's proven the, like me being given the opportunity to be loyal is a two way street. You know what I mean? Like clearly I had to show up and do the work. So I think that a big part of it is just showing up and being, uh, being willing to do whatever it takes to get the best sound. Like, like uh, I think Gerard mentioned it before. It's like the, or no, Owen did the best idea is the one that should like rise to the top. Right. So if I'm willing to see that through, whether it's mine or not and be, non-attached to it emotionally i think that's always been the uh the best end result but yeah i think i think there's something really really interesting to be said about just like my mind switching to sidekick totally made me think about this slightly differently i don't know if anyone else is kind of seeing that too no i got it mike we all know what breaks up bands or causes uh, bands to lose members are the rules different for Sidemen, like what causes uh, a sideman to be dropped? Things that sidemen need to know and be aware of when they get into these situations. Should I write this down right now? Should I take yeah. notes? <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see what the others on the panel, you know, their experience has been. But, you know, I think in a lot of ways, it is a more clearly defined relationship. You know, with most of the bands that I've managed as an artist development manager, you get these guys that met in high school and it's really some sort of friendship where, you know, the singer was the guy who couldn't play an instrument. So he ended up being the singer, um, you know, or the bass player, you know, that was the simplest instrument for him to figure out. And then once you start, you know, the band grows and is warranted of, you know, having the... <clears throat> you know, role of somebody like these guys, the relationship just totally changes. And you're able to clearly define things a little bit better. Um, and it, you know, sounds like from the cast we have here, everybody understands that the level of professionalism, uh, you know, is just, it's raised. And in fact, I think that's why in some cases it can work so well, right? You don't have these kind of, you don't have the baggage that comes with the things that maybe broke the band up or even that wasn't what broke them up, but it was carrying itself on and you've got this clearly defined relationship which allows everybody to thrive. Not always the case, but- Doc, you were, raising, you were raising your hand there. I think you had uh, something you wanted to add as well. Yeah, I'd say that probably the one factor that gets hired guns kicked out of bands is overestimating their own value or kind of irreplaceability. And anytime, and that's why I say, never get comfortable. <laughs> Always, like me, you know, and a lot of people don't know this, even in Bad Wolves, the only technical members of the band are singer and drummer. 
So even though I'm in the band um, and it's my band, I'm not in the band and it's not my band. So, uh, so I kind of always act as if, you know, I could not, you know, I could be out of the band in five seconds and always, you know, and, and I, and I can name some people, you know, that that's, ha that's happened to, and they just got a little too comfortable and they got a little too, were feeling themselves too much. And they started, well, I need this much and I, I want this. And it's like, oh yeah, there's, uh, there's the door. Have fun. Um, and which is fine. And sometimes, uh, people outgrow a situation or outgrow a role where they're in a support role and, and maybe it's time for them to kind of be at the head of their own organization or, or, or anything. But, um, I just wanted to make that, that point. That's usually the thing I see. Well, you, you, you sort of touched on one thing. I was going to ask a question to you that's sort of the flip of this, but maybe I'll ask both sides. Like, uh, you're very active on social media. Is there a, uh, argument for, you know, associating yourself with the band and becoming one of the more upfront members of the band on social media as a form of job security. And then the flip side of that being, uh, do you have to be more careful on social media because somebody could not like what you say and uh, that could be uh, detrimental to, to your standing as, uh, as an employee with that particular company, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I could say with Bad Wolves in particular, we're in a, Odd situation, probably not too, too dissimilar from Ice Nine Kills, where uh, the lead singer gets, you know, most of the attention and kind of a big portion of the fan base is connected to that one individual. So I kind of, you know, talk about it from, from you know, ultimately I think it's better for the band if the fans know everyone and are familiar with everyone. So anytime the organization, the management, focus, you know, puts too much on the singer, I'm like, I'm like, I get it. You guys are kind of going with the easy thing, but in the long run, it hurts you because it associates the band with one person. And, and if you're going to be a band, like I said, not every band is a band, right? You can be, it can be Marilyn Manson. And even though there is a band, it's Marilyn Manson or some, you know, Rob Zombie, it's Rob. He has band members, but it's Rob Zombie. If, unless you want it to be that, then you have to give, uh, you have to give everyone a platform and, and, you know, many of the biggest bands, you know, whether it's Metallica or Korn or, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses, like the fans know everyone in the band and they're fans of everyone, you know, and, and so it's, it's important for, you know, it's kind of interesting just seeing the other guys in my band really learn and go out of their way to establish themselves as individual entities because they were the least known people when the band got started and they've, they're on top of it, you know, and they're, cause they're starting to see, Oh, the more I, I make myself available, the more I kind of do self branding and every, every guy like sells his own like guitar pick packs and is selling photos and doing all and it, and it's working and people are saying, Oh no, no, that's not just the bass player. That's, they know your name and they know your face. And you, if you don't do that stuff, you're just, you know, I always talk about that uh, almost famous thing. It's like, don't worry about me. I'm just the out of focus guy. Like, you know, <laughs> Don't, you know, you have to make sure you're not just the out-of-focus guy. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little, little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. 
And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>